Meet Jade. Jade is a busy professional who is constantly on the go. Jade knows that to look good, feel great, and have the energy to thrive, she needs to live an active and healthy lifestyle, but often feels overwhelmed by all the different advice she receives. Despite Jade's efforts to eat clean and work out, she often feels fatigued because of her busy schedule. A friend comes to her rescue by introducing her to Life Fuel's Daily Essential Shake. Jade finds that it meets the criteria of everything on her list and it doesn't contain soy, dairy, or artificial ingredients, all of which Jade has eliminated from her diet. If you're like Jade and are seeking convenient, effective, all-natural solutions, the Daily Essentials Shake may be exactly what you've been searching for. Formulated to provide you with everything you need to optimize your health so you can get on with life and live your fullest every day. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona small ball is just better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. Hey, wait, it is the 28th. The 28th? So, wait, why? I'm so stupid. Wait, oh, why am I in April? It's June, what? right? It's May. It's May. It's May. It's May. It's, it's, May. it's May. So, the 30th, Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Uh, it is Monday, May the 30th. We finally figured it out. We're recording this like two days ahead of time. We are definitely in summer mode. That's for sure. We know a lot of you guys are in summer mode as well. Because what summer mode, summer league for everybody starts up this week, I would assume. Um, I thought we were we're obviously going to focus on Holbrook. This is kind of a a Holbrook uh, spotlight episode because we got to see them in Reyes' tournament last week. We hope you guys are all doing good. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning back into the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. But we're obviously going to focus on them. Uh, It'd be false advertising if we didn't. But because Summer Ball is just starting up, Reyes, I wanted to put you on the hot seat for a second. I didn't even say you're here with me, as always, man. See, we're rusty. It's been like three weeks since we've done a podcast. Bro, you were all over the place in that intro. <laughs> it's going to show when everybody's like, oh, my God, like you jumped like three different things. I did, huh? I did. It's all good, though, because you know what? It's the summertime, and, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, we cannot complain. You realize this is the first time that we have gone – past the days that we're supposed to post an episode we have always faithfully posted on like the monday that we're supposed to isn't that crazy this is why it's kind of as you would say bananas but it's pretty good you guys all know reyes loves to put people on the hot seat so since it is about to be summer ball i wanted to start off with a quick hot seat question for reyes and then we're gonna go right to holbrook he's heating up Are you ready for this hot seat question? I'm always ready. Oh, you're not ready for this one, I'm telling you. No, it's actually not that hard. I think you can get it. Okay, since summer ball is right around the corner, like days away, which of these is most important for summertime hoops to you? Like, if you could have only one of these three things, what would you pick for the summer for your squad? Skill development, commitment, or building relationships? Go. Oh, summer ball is tough. I mean, it's different for, for small schools. I feel like you want to have commitment, but I do understand that there's other kids that play multiple sports, and those other sports do require practices as well. So I understand sharing the athlete. Come on, you're but dancing around the question. You got to answer the question, man. Well, well, I'm just giving you my size real quick. Can I just give the <laughs> size of each? I understand skill development because – the kids you do got, I mean, you just got to work with them. If maybe you don't got the the best hand picked or like, you didn't get the lucky draw of the hand, so, I mean, you got to work with what you get. But then there is 
building the relationship. I think building the relationship is probably for me the most important just because once you have that foundational relationship with your student athletes, the commitment will be there and then they'll be more willing to work hard, which will obviously kind of go hand in hand with the skill development. So building the relationship for me is probably most important. All right, then, Reyes, that's a good answer. I know, I, I know. So I was actually going to say the same thing about relationship because, I mean, Reyes kind of hinted at this, but we all know this as coaches. We all get really excited for summer ball, and then there's always the, that kid or group of kids that come up to you and say, hey, coach, we're going on vacation. And you're like, oh, my gosh, why in June? And I feel like a jerk sometimes. I don't know if you ever feel like a jerk, Reyes. Maybe, coaches, you feel like a jerk when you're, like, pushing back on a kid to not go on their family vacation. Not going on your family vacation. Kids, for all you athletes listening to this, we're not against you guys spending time with your family. Just do it in July. Don't, don't do so it, everybody, don't do yeah. it in June. Look, that's my thing. You know June ball, if you have sibling, even if you don't, the high school coaches tell you, if they go down to the middle school, they tell you, hey, this is what summer ball is going to look like. So, parents, you have to do your due diligence and plan either in July or maybe something in May. But uh, June ball is is for small, it's for high school basketball. Mm. Now, if your program doesn't have summer basketball, that's on them. Dang. Well, you want to name anybody specific? You got somebody specific in mind? No, I don't got any names in specific. I haven't dropped just yet. But, like, for us, for instance, every weekend of June, pretty much Monday, Monday, we play all weekend, so sometimes Wednesdays and stuff like that. June's just filled. You know what right. I mean? We have right. practices, games. Like, it's just crazy. We have a whole season in literally a month. Yeah, figure it out. Like, just plan in July. You can survive 30 days and let your kids come and get better for a month. Yeah, and I, I think, too, a big piece of this, the reason why I agree with you, I hate it when we agree with each other, you know, but sometimes it just is what it is. I'm not going to change my answer. But I think the relationship-building piece in the summer is key, and I feel like it's key because if you're only focused on skill development, all those things are important, right? Skill development, commitment, I could have thrown in, like, you're installing an offense or a defense or something like that. You know, all that stuff is great. Uh -huh. But the problem is, if you don't have kids show up, if you don't have, if we're all being honest as coaches, you know, we have a specific maybe three or four kids that we're like, they've got to have a great summer for us to be competitive next year. If those kids don't show up and your whole focus is on that, those things, we tend to view the summer and we're like, oh, the summer's trashed now, you know, like, and, and that's not the right mindset to have. But if you have that relationship aspect where I'm just going to build relationships with the kids that can be here, I think what you said is so true because everything else just kind of comes. It's like a snowball effect and it, it kind of starts building in a positive way because once you build that relationship with kids, you know, kids will run through a brick wall for you, you know, and, and it makes all of the other pieces a lot more simple. So, yeah. See, I told you that wasn't a super hard question. Yeah, you said you're going to put me in the hot seat. That wasn't even a hot seat question. <laughs> I'm gonna I should have come up with something crazy. Yeah, you thought, dude. But lucky for you, I don't get shook that easy, buddy. <laughs> for all you coaches that maybe you are you're discouraged because there's a certain amount of players or specific players that aren't going to be involved in summer ball, hey, if this makes you feel better, we're in the same boat. There's other coaches all over the state that are in the same boat. So you just work with the kids that you got. You have fun with them. You build relationships with them, and you just see what happens. All that aside, we are very excited for Summer Bowl. And, you know, we kind of got to kick off Summer Bowl with one of Reyes' tournaments that he ran. Reyes, I do want to say that you put on a great event. Just want everybody to know that. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know what? Thank you. Despite what everybody says, I'm just kidding. That's, that's I'm just kidding. <laughs> Despite what the one person says, you put on a great event, and it was awesome. Uh, Reyes pulled in teams from all over Arizona, even pulled in a specific team from out of state, and it was just great competition all around. But we know, and I kind of knew this once Holbrook was coming. It was a majority team. It's called their club team is called Gunners, but it's majority of kids Holbrook. 
I was so excited to see Holbrook because I know how good they are. I was pumped to see them. I know Reyes. You, how many times did you get to watch them play? Uh, I pretty much watched them throughout the tournament. They went five and zero, I believe, and so I saw every game they played. So <laughs> I didn't know they went five and zero. Yeah, they went five and they didn't lose a single game. Um, man, they just got after it. Um, for those of you who remember Holbrook, you know they went to the final four. They ended up upset. They beat us. You know they knocked us out. That's kind of that's how they ended up. I'm saying you stopped yourself from saying that. I know, but I just have to say it. You know, you gotta give flowers when they're due. But no, they're a good team. They like I said, they didn't really lose any, but they lost one senior, which was their big. But you know, he wasn't really like. I mean, he was a key part, but I mean, the group they have now, you know, they're all gonna be seniors, and they have one sophomore. I mean, God, they're so tough. And just to watch them just get after this weekend was honestly great to see uh, against some of the teams they were able to play against. I mean, they don't pack, they don't pass the eye test, but it doesn't matter. Those kids can hoop. So describe Holbrook in one word. Rez. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, what do you want me to say? That's like, that's literally it. Like, that's pretty good. I mean, this is probably the most Rez team that I've ever seen. Right? I mean. I don't know. I can't think of another team that was – I mean, I remember when we saw Paige a couple of years ago, I thought they were pretty res well, but they had like a 6'11 kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Yeah, this is a pretty res. But even Paige, I would I would consider them res well, honestly. I mean, they had probably a little bit more structure than the average res team, but they were still – they still like, you know, kind of ran and, run and gun here and there when they took the big out. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this about Holbrook, okay? I – if since you're not going to ask me back, I was hoping you would describe Holbrook in one word. Uh, I think I would put uh, deceiving, fearless. fearless, deceiving. I don't know. Now we're now we're describing them with like four words. Um, I think just really deceiving because, like Ray has said, for you guys in the Arizona small ball scene, especially in the three A, you know this. You see Holbrook walk into the gym, they don't blow you away at all. They're not big. I think their tallest kid now is like five, maybe six foot, you know, 5'11", 5'10", something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. No, he's, he's probably 5'11", yeah. Maybe yeah. Six. Yeah, they, they don't have any type of, you know, massive frame. And then even the kids, when you watch them warm up, they don't look like they're going to be able to just take it to you and run you out the gym. But once that game starts – these kids are something else, okay? So here are the kids, because this team that was playing at your tournament, they were called the Gunners. They did not have only Holbrook kids. They had a couple other kids, but it was majority Holbrook. Here's who was on the squad, okay? It was Tyler Tapaha, um, class of 2025. Brandon Tapaha, um, class of 2023. Loved watching Brandon Tapaha play. Quentin Thomas out of Holbrook as well, class of 2023. Kyle Smith out of Holbrook, class of 2023. Uh, Strand Bain out of Holbrook, class of 2023. And these were the other two kids that were on their squad. Blaine Begay out of Winslow, class of 2023. And Orlando Yazzie out of Page, class of 2023. All of these kids were just ballers, man. And I loved watching them play because, yeah, I mean, I, I – the one word I used to describe them was deceiving because they are very deceiving, but what you said can fit it as well. Fearless, right? Like it doesn't matter who these kids are playing against. And we got to talk about this too. Like they didn't even have no Brown, right? No, uh, they didn't. They didn't have him at all. They didn't even have their, their point guard, you know, and these kids just competed their tails off. And I, I forget. I mean, I guess we can just talk about this the best part of the whole tournament, because they played some good teams leading up to the championship, was the championship game and the team they played against that was from off-state. Are you talking about Arizona Stars? Yes, that was the best part of the whole tournament. I mean, that those two teams, they were both really good teams, honestly. I mean, Arizona Great teams. Stars, very different, though. Very different teams. Very different uh, approaches to the game. Very different attitudes to the game. Um, it was very, yeah, just two totally different teams, two different worlds. Um, and they were able <laughs> that's to, a great way to put right? it, right? Honestly, what is it like a movie we're making? But I know, right? Two worlds apart. So, like, I'm gonna say this, then you keep going, but just to paint a picture for all of you that are just listening, okay? Arizona Stars 
went through this tournament. They did play against the Phoenix Hot Boys, which is a bunch of Parker kids. Shout out to you, Coach Leo Scott. And um, they they were competitive with Arizona Stars, but other than them, there really wasn't any other teams that were competitive with them. No. Uh, these are teams from. This is a team from out of state. I think it was from New Mexico and from Texas, right? Yes, correct. But before we actually move on with this, we should also mention some other teams. You know, we had LFPA was there. You know, shout out to Coach Freeman. Sure. And then there was team. this other team. They were called Rock Steady, and their team was just kind of handpicked as well. A lot of some of the kids from the valley. Maricopa mm. area, and they had a pretty decent squad as well. So I'm mean, yeah. just trying to shout out to them. But overall, you said you know Arizona Stars and the Gunners; those two were the ones that really didn't see much. Uh, I would say not as a competition, but just didn't really have a hard time getting through games. Right. Until... I, absolutely. And Arizona Stars, what would you say their average height is on their team? Like six three. Six three, six two. I think. Yeah, honestly. and just really athletic kids. I mean, they were kind of like the highlight reel team of the tournament, throwing up lobs and dunks, and you know, getting very animated and very energetic about it. Uh, you know, some recordings were made, and you know, whatever. But a lot of dunks, like just very athletic. And then when you compare them to Holbrook, Holbrook is a very below-the-rim team, and they, they don't have that same type of athleticism that the other team had. And I just loved how different they were meeting in the championship. I was excited to see them match up. It was great. I, I mean, I thought so, too. The anticipation, because even throughout the tournament, you know, everybody kind of wanted to see these two teams kind of collide. Right. So when it happened, it was just great to see. But, I mean, if you were there – it wasn't really a fun game to watch. I mean, I, no, I disagree with you. It was well, no, still this, super let me, fun. Let me, let me change. Let me say it, it was. <laughs> it, I guess it was fun for like the reasoning why and stuff like that. But if you're just a casual basketball fan, you're just kind of like, wow. Sure. The sure. Cha- this is the cha- this is supposed to be a championship game. Right, right, right. Kind of like that. And here's what's funny. You know, their coach was a very confident coach. And right before the game, I was doing the clock. And I said, I looked at him and I was like, hey, coach, you got some really good kids, you know. And I made a comment about Holbrook. And I said, hey, just so you know, this team is going to push you guys. And he looked at me and he kind of laughed and he was like, have you seen us play? And I I was like, yeah, coach, I've seen you guys play. I'm just telling you, this team is going to push you guys. And he just laughed again and just kind of walked back. And I don't remember who I turned and looked to, but I was like, hey, I'm just telling you, Holbrook is going to run these kids out of the gym. And I think within the first, I don't know what it was, because it was 16-minute halves, but I think it was like 10 minutes into the game. It was like 20 to 4, Holbrook was just destroying this team. It, they was, were... it wasn't even 10 minutes into the game, Coach. It was, little, <laughs> it was like 6, 8 minutes. You're giving them grace, and I, I appreciate that. But it was like 6 minutes in. You just kind of knew. Holbrook already pulled away, and that coach just didn't know how to respond, and he was just so just He was in shock. Let's call it what it is. He was in shock because these kids who you could tell, he was like, I got to talk to the Holbrook coach who was was actually the older brother of Tyler and Brandon Tapaha. Super cool guy, awesome. Uh, But uh, Jalen was telling me that before the game, he was talking to the coach too. And the coach did not know they were playing against them. And so (laughs) the coach asked Coach Jalen from Holbrook, he said, hey, like, who do you guys play next? And he was like, oh, we play you guys in the championship. And he laughed in their face and was like, ah, okay, whatever, you know. And now these guys are up 20 to 4. This coach was in disbelief. It was res ball at its finest versus a team from out of state that had never seen anything like it. It was the guy was in shock. He just didn't know how to respond. I mean, <laughs> it was completely a different pace. Uh, their kids, even though they're, while they're undersized, just were on them like glue, pressure defense, you know, getting their hands. As soon as every time one of the Arizona Star athletes drove into the lane, they were just quick handsy with this, steal the ball, go for a layup, cherry picks, just a lot of threes, too. They could not run Holbrook off the line. That's, they tried, but Holbrook just did a good job of just staying poised. Even though that you know Arizona Stars, they are bigger and better athletes, but Holbrook, they they didn't care about that. They don't care about that noise. They're just gonna work. Because at the end of the day, like it, it's playing basketball. It doesn't matter how athletic you are. And Holbrook just kind of took it to him. And like I think at the end of the game, what it was, 
20, 30 point blowout. Yeah, they ended up winning by about 30. Yeah. And so, Which I mean, was, again, the reason it was my favorite part of the whole tournament is, you know, Holbrook is a team that I'm very excited about for next year. Reyes, you mentioned this, but they only lose one kid and they return everybody else back. This is pretty much their squad minus Noah Brown. He's a great point guard, and I'm really excited about them. So to see this team that was very confident and felt like, oh, nobody can even touch us, and to watch Holbrook kind of run these guys out the gym and send them back to where they were from, I thought was awesome. It was great. Let me ask you this. Who do you think, aside from Noah Brown, because he wasn't there, of these Holbrook kids, who do you think is is the – who's your favorite kid of the Holbrook kids that were on this so, club team? I know you said Noah Brown, you know, is, like, your favorite, like, the most, like, whatever. I'm going to kind of make an argument because Quinn okay. Thomas – I know you've seen Quinn Thomas in season, but you weren't, you weren't really able to watch him throughout the whole tournament. Okay. I'm telling you, every time – I've seen this kid in the tournaments – for I don't know how many years now. For whatever reason, there's just a switch on him. Tournament I, plays just different. He just plays different. He seems so free. He's knocking down threes. He hits that mid range. No one can stay in front of him. He's honestly probably the best athlete out there. He, I, even when honestly Noah Brown was out there too. Like I just think Quentin Thomas, when when he's playing summer ball, is just a different breed. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny to say, but he's just a really tough kid to stay in front of and guard because he just actually like kind of unloads on his offense. You know, he actually like kind of like showcases what he's able to do but and he's the, a lefty so i mean there's that i love lefties so he is probably one of my always like i always just love watching him play but probably like my biggest like standout i'm mean, obviously you know brandon you know, he, he played good hit some threes and that but probably bro little, brandon little, hold on and then you can keep going i'm sorry man i was literally watching brandon tapaha play and i was trying to see how long he could go without making a mistake he went about I don't know, dude. It was almost – it was like 23 minutes without making a mistake. He just makes the right basketball play every time. And, like, he pushes his glasses up and crosses the kid over right in front of him, and he just leaves him <laughs> in the dust. Dude, it's freaking awesome. That kid is a baller, dude. I think the younger brother, Tyler, he was just a load. He's this tough, whole weekend, dude. This whole weekend. He can do a little bit of everything. Like I said, he's, he's not – Big. I mean, he's big technically, but he's not big. He's 5'11". Sure. Thick. You know, he has nice footwork in the paint. He can dribble it. So, I mean, he can take you off the dribble. He has a really nice stroke. So, I mean, he can stretch the floor with that. So, I mean, overall, he's just an all-around, probably a really solid player. And from this week, he he was just able to showcase what he's able to do. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And I actually have a piece of information about Tyler Tapaha that – I think you would be interested to know. It's pretty crazy. I'm telling you, okay? I don't know if you're ready for this or not because it kind of changed everything for me about Tyler. Oh, are, you this... talking, are you talking about – I think you're, I know what you're going to say. And I no, you say it. taking it away from me? I'll, I'll, I'll let you say it, but I already know what you're going to say. I promise you. It's about our playoffs. I know. I know. I know. <gasps> no, that just – man, that was like the bombshell I was going to drop on you on this pod, and now you just took it away from me. It's okay. Just, just act surprised. You know, after watching Tyler Tapaha play this weekend, I'm like, dude, this kid is a baller. Like, I love how this kid plays. And I was talking to their coach, Jalen, about it, and he said that, yeah, you know, it would have been nice if you could finish the season. My man was playing the playoffs with a fractured foot all yes. the way up until the Final Four. He, You know, he didn't know what was wrong with it. And then after the game against Camberti, he went to the doctor. and like, oh, yeah, your foot's broken, bro. The kid is a freaking warrior, man. He's tough. He is the charge man who is never afraid to take a charge. And I don't know. I think he's kind of like the young leader of this squad. I love the way he plays. Did you know that already? Yeah. So me, because me and Jan, we always be talking and stuff like that. You know, shouts out to him. Good guy. But yeah, we were kind of talking about that. So just kind of hearing that, I was like, wow, this kind of brings back memories to when our kid a couple of years back was playing on a broken wrist his whole senior season. Oh, I know. Huh? I know. His whole senior season, but still averaged like you know twenty six. That's that's another conversation. But like I said with Tyler, <laughs> <laughs> um, with Tyler, I mean you know a fractured foot, pretty much throughout the, pretty much throughout the season. Who knows when it actually occurred? But to be able to play in those playoff games, and sadly, you know he wasn't able to finish through. So it makes you kind of wonder because then that means he didn't play against Coolidge. So you have to ask yourself, with Tyler, without the fractured foot, 
what does Holbrook do to Coolidge? Does Coolidge end up, you know, taking care of business like they did? Or is it a closer game and Holbrook perseveres? Like, what do you think? That's my hot seat question for you, Ben. I mean, it's a 10-point game, right? That's how much they lost by? That's what they lost by. And you I mean, know, you take – and then you got to think about it. Tyler brings defense. So, I mean, he's clogging the paint. Even though that Mark Clegg and a couple other bigs are like about 6'4 and above, you know, he, he's able to bang low with those guys and be able to kind of create some um, – what do you call it, like missed shots and stuff like that, force some turnovers. So, I mean, he's a key vital uh, piece for that Holbrook defense and just that team overall, especially offensively. So, I mean, you kind of put him in the mix during that game. What do you think? Tell me right now, does Holbrook beat Coolidge? If Tyler was playing. If he's healthy, yes. I'm going to say no. Ooh, and okay. okay, okay. I, I, think, I think it's a closer game. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And – the reason for that is, if I remember, during that game, Braden Gant was a huge piece yep. of that. Yes. You know, he was their go-to guy. So do I think that Tyler would have been able to take him out of the game? Absolutely. And some of you guys listening to this, you might think I'm crazy, bro. But, like, I'm just telling you, I know that Tyler Tapaha is way shorter than him. But positionally, he's in the right spot. And I'm just telling you, he would have been able to take charges on that kid. And it would have affected the game. I'm just saying that. So I don't think that Holbrook would have won, but I do think it would have changed the game a lot and it would have been a lot closer. So I, I just think that he's tough. Here's a question for you. Jalen, Brandon, Tyler, those are all brothers. Yeah. Okay. We could throw Jalen out of this mix because he's older and more retired, you know. You're putting Brandon and Tyler one-on-one. Who do you think wins? Brandon or Tyler? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to my boy Tyler, bro. You think? I don't know. Well, I don't know because it's hard because Brandon, he's you know, he's a little bit quicker. He he has a he, – dude, he's a freaking sniper, dude. Like, he the can way, shoot the ball. He can shoot the ball really well, especially at a high level. Um, But I think you know how one-on-ones go. You know, once you kind of have that mismatch as far as, like, size kind of figured out, everybody just kind of goes to the paint and – I feel like Tyler would just kind of try to body him up. I'm not saying that Brandon wouldn't fight and stuff like that. I'm just saying that Tyler Topaha kid, the way he was finishing this past weekend, I mean, it's kind of tough to say. And here's the thing. Tyler was taking people off the bounce. Like, that was actually one of my favorite plays. One of his really – from Arizona Stars, from that team, one of his most athletic guards was switched on to Tyler. And the coach was like, hey, take the ball from him. Get me one. So he started pressuring up at half court. Tyler does some little, like, shimmy crossover, like, reverse spins, and he takes him off the dribble and goes and finishes, like, a left-handed layup in traffic. And I looked back at the coach, and he was just, like, mouth wide open, like, what just happened? (laughs) Like, it was awesome. So, I mean, the kid can go off the bounce. I'm going to expose Coach Jalen here because we're talking about this, and he told me who he thought would win. So, you guys can settle this out on on the court whenever you want, okay? But know that your older brother said this. He said that he'd give it to Tyler. Mm. so i don't know i don't know I, I don't know what i think about that but you know whatever he he's seen a lot of stuff so we're riding holbrook really hard right now but it's only because this is one of the teams that we are most excited about entering into next year because again you add noah brown to that mix you throw them back into their east region i mean Reyes, do you see a team in the east that can compete with them next year Realistically, uh, honestly, as of right now, no, I don't. And obviously, you know, things can change. You know, people get transfers, sure, people sure. get add-ons, and whatever. But as of right now, some people get transfers. Some people get transfers. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to say. You know, you just you just never know. But like what I'm saying right now is like, no, I, Holbrooks can come out of the East. Sure, and, and I, I would agree think, with you. I, I don't think it's really much of a dog fight as of right now. Things can change, but. Like I said, there's the chemistry they have, whatever they got going on for them right now. And the way that uh, Coach over there at Holbrook, you know, the way he has, like, his culture and all that, man, it's just perfect for those kids. So, I mean, it's gonna, Holbrook's going to be a very tough team and a very good team to look out for this summer and this season. Absolutely. And I was talking with Coach Jalen about it, and I asked him, how do you get your kids, you know, like, to not be afraid of that moment, to, to just compete? and not care about what the other team looks like or how, how athletic they are compared to how athletic you are. 
And his comment was their chemistry and how much they've played together and just the bonds that they have. One of my favorite things he told me about them is that they don't stretch. No. It is this pull to the game and they put those shoes on and they just play. They just play. Coach, I've watched them five times. I'm telling you, they didn't stretch a single time. Like, not even once. (laughs) They literally showed up, put their shoes on, and the buzzer went off. And they just kind of went to jump ball. And it's crazy. And they, they, another thing, okay, which I, I love that. I think, it's, I mean, as a coach, honestly, I don't love that. But it's just funny. To like, what the heck, dude? Like, anyways, there was another team that they played against. And, you know, for all these kids on this Gunner squad, you know, I don't know. You guys probably didn't hear this, but we heard another kid from a bigger school say this. They lost to Holbrook. And they walked off the court, and they were like, what happened? And one of the kids literally said, bro, that's res ball. Like, we've never played that before. And I just started laughing. They were like, how do we even do that? I don't know what to do. It's crazy because, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, like when res teams first come out to Phoenix, there's like that little shell shock. But then it's like when like Phoenix teams or just teams in general, when they, when they play a res team for the first time, whether it's in the regular season or state or in a state playoff game, I'm telling you, it's just a different style of play, and it's a different environment. And mm-hmm. though, like you said, like if you're not ready for that fast place, running gun, just kind of what controlled chaos feel of the game, you're just not ready for res ball then, because that's pretty much sums it up. What it is controlled chaos? It's just wild. Which team in the East do you think has the best shot to compete against Holbrook next year? Well, let's name the teams in the East. You have Winslow. You have Payson. Sholo, Holbrook, and who else am I missing? There's one. There's a couple more I'm missing. Snowflake and Blue Ridge. I think Snowflake's always going to be contender. Mm-hmm. Always. And honestly, it's kind of hard to say about Sholo because of, you know, they lost Cougar, uh, Cougar Cook. Sure. And a couple other kids, obviously. So I'm not sure about Sholo. We'll see how, how they rebuild this summer. Um, Payson's going to be interesting. But right now, I would have to say Snowflake will probably be their biggest threat. Maybe a Winslow. Yeah, see, I would almost, and I know that Winslow ended at the bottom of the East last year, uh, and Blue Ridge was right above them. I would almost say like a Winslow would have a, not, not, and I'm not saying to like challenge them for first place. I'm almost just saying like matchups wise. I almost think that that Winslow would, they have a chip on their shoulder when they play against Holbrook. You know, like those games are, are typically somewhat close. And, I mean, Winslow's going to be better next year. You know, for all of you teams in the 3A thinking about, like, forgetting about Winslow, historically, they're usually, what, top five? Top usually, six? yes. They're always- you know what I'm saying? Like, they had a down year last year, but remember, they graduated, like, 11 seniors. They yeah. lost everybody. And they're not going to be down for that long. They, the program is, is great over there at Winslow, so... I don't know. I could see them maybe challenging a Holbrook Snowflake loss quite a bit. And they only lost like a couple kids, but they were good key pieces to it. And yeah, I don't know. I, I could see Winslow maybe challenging them a little bit when they play against each other. But it's going to be fun to watch them in the East, man. Last question about Holbrook, and then we'll move on. Unless you got something else you want to say about Holbrook. Um, last question Where do you see them finishing the year? Like rank wise or record wise? I can't. I'm talking about like Final Four, Championship, Elite Eight, whatever. This is a this is a way too early. You know, we don't even have good information for this. But right now, where would you see them? Knowing what you know about teams, knowing what I know about teams, I mean, I'm kind of. I mean, gosh, it's ah, that's tough. Do you think they make it back to the Final Four, like a back to back trip to the Final Four? I I want I my heart says yes but my mind's telling me no. Hmm. And you know obviously there's various factors the reason why to that just because some of the teams that didn't make it that far that could have you know what I mean it just didn't sure. happen. But I mean I'll go with my heart on this one. I think I'm I wouldn't be how about this? I wouldn't be surprised if they make it back to the final four, but I wouldn't also be surprised if they get stopped in the elite eight. Hmm. But you, you see them at least going to the quarters. I, I at least see them going to the quarters. I just think that with them, it, it's depth. Like, do, there's, there's, what's, what's their bench going to do? Sure. When, like, a Noah Brown or a Tyler Tapaha. Because we talk about the, the core five, whatever, you know what I mean? Right. But, I mean, what happens if one of those guys get in foul trouble? 
Like, sure, or two of them or three of them. You know, exactly, and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I get it. Like, with res ball, like, a lot of these native athletes, they can play a majority of the game, but at a consistent level of, like, just com- uh, constant effort, it's kind of tough to sustain. So, I mean, especially right. in the playoffs. Playoffs is tough. It's grueling. It's just, yeah, it's just a different animal. So, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the Final Four, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the Elite Eight. But I do believe that they make it to the quarters. Hmm. Yeah, and I was actually going to say that, like, to just kind of put a bow on all this stuff about Holbrook. Great squad. Their top six, maybe seven, could, I believe, compete with any team in the 3A. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Valley. I don't care if it's now Scottsdale. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really believe they will compete with anyone. I have seen them play against good enough teams now to where I am 100% on that. Their depth, though. That's exactly what I was going to say. So I think a key thing for their squad moving into the summer, moving into, into the fall, how do we make our bench players better? Right? How do we raise their level of play? Do we do a lot of skill work? You know, do we involve them in some pretty tough situations in games in the summer leagues and all that kind of stuff? I think that's a key for them moving forward. Mm, no, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Because you got to have it, depth, you know? Everybody you always to. says this, but when you get to the playoffs, you got to have role players step up and make plays if you want to actually go deep. And, you know, it's just you got to have it. You, you got to, unless you just have a standout player, even then, like, you need someone just kind of ready just to have off the bench, just ready to go. And that's the other cool thing about Holbrook. I don't know that they have one standout. You know what I'm saying? They they have five, four core players that... That can all ball. Can, like, they're all super good, but there's not one... Yeah, there's not one that's going to get 30 a game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where everything pans out, especially, you know, I definitely want to keep up with them in the summer. Before we kind of move on to our next segment, I wanted to say this. For you teams that are tuning back in and everything like that, if you have your summer schedule, shoot us a DM on our Instagram, our Facebook, or even our Twitter. Like, just send us your summer schedule just so we can see where you guys are going to be at. Because don't be surprised if one of us can make an appearance or we be able to cover some of your games. Like, just – like, we, we want to know where you guys are at, how you guys are getting better. We just want to know, just so we can obviously you know, promote small ball Arizona. Do we have anything else we want to say about Holbrook, or are we are, are we done with that? Because that's a solid, like, I don't know, 20 minutes on Holbrook. Dude, we rode Holbrook. We rode the train. So Hey, and I will ride that train all the way to the playoffs. Like, I, I, I am 100% confident in that squad. They are tough. No, I, I think we covered what we did. And it's kind of good for them to see. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I think that's good because, obviously, you know, who knows what's going to happen come summer and fall. So, I think we just that's a good pin to leave on for everybody to know that Holbrook is coming and they're still getting better. And that's scary. All right. So, let's talk about this open division here in Arizona. It's caused a lot of stir. Me and you do not think similar on this. Do you want me to just share my thoughts first and you can talk about yours? Well, I think. First of all, describe. So, for those of you who don't know, so the open division, the AIA is looking to install the open division, and they've already done this with football. So, pretty much the open division in football, it kind of only occurs in the state tournament or playoffs. Sure. So, the way it works is for in football, from 6A to the 4A, the top, if I'm not mistaken, the top four teams, the top eight teams, however it goes, are able to comp- compete in the open division state championship. So, for instance, 6A Horizon High School, I think, played 4A Saguaro. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Saguaro beat Horizon, or I'm probably getting the teams mixed up, but a 4A beat a 6A. All and right, so, we get it. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty much what happened after that is Horizon lost out of the open division and went back and jumped right straight into their 5A conference state tournament. And they ended up winning the uh, – or the 6A, my bad. They ended up winning the 6A state tournament. For football, they didn't win the open division, but they won the tournament, the actual like state championship, whatever in their conference. So that's kind of in a nutshell what the open division is. It's pretty much teams from certain uh, different divisions play against each other in one big state tournament, which is kind of if you think about the actual state tournament. Sure. 
so so here is kind of exactly how they're talking about how it would shake out because what Reyes described is you know basic idea here's specifics okay through the AIA max preps powerpoints ratings you take the top eight teams in 6a top eight teams in 5a and the top eight in the 4a then you take eight more at-large teams based purely off of powerpoints you format it one through 32 you play the first two rounds with number 32 facing number one number 31 versus number two etc like to open up the whole tournament after those rounds are down and the team are reduced to eight you take those eight for the remainder of the open division state tournament the teams that lost in the first two rounds drop back into their conferences for those tournaments that would then begin after the first two rounds of the open are played now with all of this it was funny we posted out to the community and it is overwhelming Everybody is like, hey, let's go. It was, I think it was like 90, 94% of people voted that they wanted the open division to be taking place and they wanted to put those small school teams in there, you know, just go for it. And I, there was like, I think 130 people that interacted with this. People were like, yes, we should do this. Here's the problem that I have with it. Okay. And I'm kind of, I was talking with, uh, like my best friend about this and he was telling kind of his thoughts and I super agree with him. He said this, it's a cool idea, right? Like you can go and compete against the best teams and whatever, you know, like for, for a three, a two, a whatever to go and compete against like the best teams and just see who's better. Like, can we compete? Can we not compete? The problem that I have is not that the problem that I have is that it waters down competition in the conference that that team leaves. So for example, Let's think about the 3A, right? Let's say Valley Christian, Scottsdale Christian go and they play in this open division. and They start to do well. And they don't drop back into their tournament, right? Like they, they start to do well. And let's just say best case scenario, they make it pretty deep and they do well. Whoever wins that 3A state championship that year, there's always going to be an asterisk by it. Because you didn't actually beat the best team that was in the 3A. The only reason you won is because that team was in that open division. And that's my problem that I have with that. I think it really waters down the competition in the 3A. I know for me, if I'm coaching a team in the 3A, I want to beat the best team in the 3A in order to win that state title. I'm always going to have in the back of my head, and I know a lot of kids would too, we only won because, like, we couldn't have competed with Valley or we couldn't have competed with you fill in the blank, right? So that's kind of my problem yeah. with it. What are your thoughts about it? So my only thing is, like, I mean, I know we're kind of we're, – we're on the same idea as far as competition. Sure, it's, right, it's, right. It's, it's great for competition, you know. Who wouldn't want to see, like, a two-way or, like, whatever, a small school competing against, like, a 6 eight? I mean, think about it. I mean, it's different for every squad, but that's why they think the top of the top and play against each other. If you think about it from the summer, if you think about what we who who what our squad played against this this past summer. Sure. We played against we hardly played against our own division, coach. We were playing against six A's, five A's, and not just any six A's. We were playing like a pinnacle. We played a Sandra Day O'Connor. Like sure. we played the creme de la crop. Like we played the Ooh, all right. We, we played those guys. You know what I mean? And guess what? We won some and we lost some. So we it shows that we were able to compete. Now, I'm not saying our squad could have made a crazy run through that tournament, but you just never know. And so as far that's as far as competition. Now, my next argument is, I mean, I kind of look at it as far as like the NCAA, like Division One or what, what division, you know what I mean? Just and just the college hoops in general. Like the March Madness tournament, you're saying? Yeah, like, look, 6A to 1A, you know, we're all different divisions or different conferences. You get me? Now, sure. it's supposed to be a state tournament. Now, the open division brings that into there. The open, the open division or the open tournament brings all those conferences together into one big state tournament. The open division is pretty much the actual state champions. And I know that sounds kind of far-fetched because then you look about all the other state champions before the open division, and then you're kind of almost discredi discrediting their work. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying – what the open division does as far as competition-wise is you're getting the top teams from all divisions, from all conferences, and you're placing them in one tournament, and you're trying to see who comes out. the who comes out. And 
because we can. I mean, we there's a debate for everything. Do we think of Valley Christian this year with that Caleb Shaw and their firepower? Do we see them going to go against these six A's? Like, how do they compete? How does Scottsdale compete against some of these six A's? Like, all these uh, rancho, you know what I mean? It's kind of been already proven and shown that smaller schools can compete against higher level division schools. So that was pretty much my only argument as far as competition wise. It's just great. It's just great competition for the state of Arizona as far as basketball. Now, if you look at it as far as, like, you know, I know you brought it being watered down and everything like that. I do get that. But with the Open Division State Tournament, you know, that's your true state champions. And then you pretty much from 6A to 1A, you just have your conference champions. So instead of it being like a state title, it's just pretty much you're the 6A conference champion. 4A conference, 3A conference, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I get there might be problems with that, but I'm just saying you're still top dog in your conference, but when it comes to the actual state tournament, if you lose out, I mean, yeah, I get you know you come back in and you possibly win your conference. But let's just say that, for instance, a Valley Christian, you know, is still going pretty deep into the open division, but a Holbrook wins the 3A conference title or the 3A state championship title, and everybody's going to be saying, oh, well, it's because Valley wasn't in there. That may be true, but, I mean, I don't really think that carries as much weight as far as – I don't think that would really be much of an issue. You know what I'm saying, Coach? I don't know. I get what you're saying. I do. I just think the whole point of being a state champion in your conference is you're the best in your conference. And that's why they're conference champions. Right. I'm just saying, if you're going to be the champion of your conference and you're going to be the best team of the 3A conference, if the best team was not in there and it was competing in the open division, you're not truly the best 3A team. Well, so then this is my okay. So here's my proposal. Obviously, it wouldn't happen because obviously they're thinking about doing the open division during. Hey, who knows? Maybe if you wrote it in, it would work. But it would make sense as far as, you know, kind of like college, like Texas, like Oregon, like everybody, there's their Pac 12 championship. There's the Big 12 championship. You win your conference, you get an automatic bid into the Open State Tournament. You know what I mean? Afterwards. And then that's where you get to call it, you know, March Madness or whatever the heck it is, the AIA. The marketing off of that would be off the chains. It's just what I'm saying is it could work, but if you're trying to do the Open Division during the same time as, like, the conference champions, that's where it gets a little tough. I just think for these top teams, like, look at a Scottsdale. Look what they were able to do in the 2A. They just right. continue to win and win and win and win and win. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? You can't control winners. Like, if you continue to win, good, keep winning. But I'm just saying, don't you think they're getting a little hungry? Don't you think that would, like, probably wake them up a little bit more, make them grind a little bit harder if they knew that, hey, we can compete against, the, like, a Brophy prep and possibly win to be the – not the actual state championship, but be the Arizona state championship in basketball? Yeah, I, I think that that would push them and, 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 and it would raise a lot of teams' level of play. But my argument to that on the other side is not every team is a Scottsdale, Rancho, Valley Christian that can actually truly compete at that level. Mm-hmm. Think about the 1A teams. Mojave Accelerated this past year. Great kids, super well coached. I'm just telling you, looking at taking a step back realistically – if they got placed in an open division tournament, they're not going to be able to compete as well. Like, they're just not. They don't have the same level caliber athletes that Rancho Scottsdale Valley had. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, and I get that, but that's fine. That just means you're – I mean, it sounds harsh. But then they're never going to have a chance to win a state title. You win your conference, though. That's Because think about it, At the end of the day, you're literally just changing the name. That's literally all you're doing. You're just changing the name. It still carries the same meaning because you're still the best 1A team in the state, regardless. It's just, hey, you know, maybe they're just not good enough to compete against the 4A. And that's just what it is. And for everyone listening, just understand what we're saying is not just a 4A team, but the top of, the, what did you say, the cream de la whatever, 4A or 5A or 6A? I think that's what you say. I don't even know. But, you know, those top-level playoff caliber squads in the heat of the playoffs, there's a, there's a select number of teams in the small ball scene. As much as we love small ball, and we know that they can compete with bigger schools, there, there is a limit for some if we're being realistic. And 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I just saw something pretty recent that said something about voting or something like that. So we will see what happens with all of that. But I know that the response from you guys is overwhelming. You're you're in it. You know, you want that that chance to compete against those bigger schools in the playoffs. I get that. It's cool. But you also got to think about that ripple effect it's going to have on those other teams that are left down in there. You know, it's it's going to be a little bit different. But here's my thing. And, like, I'm, just, I'm pretty much repeating myself, so I guess I'm, like, a broken record. Um, it's like for the teams that haven't been competitive, it's not really going to affect them at all. But for the teams that have been competitive and stuff like that, it just obviously gives them a new challenge. And like I said, at the end of the day, you're still technically a state championship or whatever or winner you're still a winner like you win your conference i think my only thing is i think it's kind of cool with the open division it just shows who's actually going to be like the you know like the best of the best in the state of arizona that year because i'm like i mean we both know this i mean as much as we love small ball i'm not i'm not saying it's impossible i'm telling you a small ball team could compete like i'm pretty sure a coolidge or a valley christian they'd be just fine in the open division tournament you know what i mean yeah they'll compete it's like they get destroyed or anything Exactly. And how cool would it be to see, like, a Valley Christian go against a St. Mary's? For right. those of you who don't know, St. Mary's was number two in the foray, but St. Mary's also had, like, three or four, like, D1 athletes, like, like legitimate D1 athletes. You know, sure. you know how cool? You know what I mean? How cool would it be for a coolest to go against a Sunny Slope, which they had a kid from Sunny Slope commit to San Diego State University? Like, it's just, like, everybody's talking about the competition, and, it's, and it helps kids as far as, like, college recruitment i think there's more positive than negative with the open division and so i obviously as you guys can probably tell if you couldn't already which would be kind of rare i'm for it i'm pro open division you make it sound like it's like a political thing or something i know <laughs> <laughs> like pro on my side no, i'm just kidding <laughs> just make a threat <laughs> hey we want to know what you guys think about this obviously we just left a poll but, man, tell us in the comment section, right, right into us, you know, like send us a message, send us an email, send us a voice message. Let us know what you think about this open division, because a bunch of you guys voted that you wanted it, but you didn't tell us why. So so write into us. Let us know how I'm wrong, how Reyes is wrong, because we want to know that from you guys. It's going to be cool no matter what. And I know that you're the same way with this race. I'm just excited for June ball to get going. You know, we got monday night leagues and going to gcu and we're going over to payson and stuff it's going to be a lot of fun so yeah it's going to be great and we wanted to kind of we were going to do this episode like a week ago but then because of reyes's tournament things just got kind of crazy and so this is just kind of where it fell but we're super glad because we got to cover holbrook and and yeah so reyes is there anything else that you want to say before we get out of here uh, just a quick reminder, don't forget to please shoot us your summer schedules. Please, 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 please. If you're listening, shoot us your schedules, coaches. I know you guys are listening. Shoot it to us. I mean, it helps us. And, uh, no, like you said, just kind of tune in as we're kind of ramping things up as far as, you know, we'll be dropping more episodes as June ball comes and stuff like that. It's going to be a great time. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Arizona Snowball Podcast. Uh, make sure that if you haven't already, like, just, if you listen every single time, and you haven't written us a review on Apple Podcasts, what are you doing? Like, obviously, those five-star reviews are awesome, but just be honest with that review. Uh, it helps because when people see our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, they're like, hey, let's see who listens to this and what do people say about the show. It really helps a lot. So if you haven't done that already, go ahead and do that and be on the lookout for more episodes. Good luck this summer, y'all.